The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. is flying on this Wednesday afternoon. Um, we missed him last week. We just had to bump mm. him to this week. Dr. Gans is back in studio. I got to tell you, Gans, mm-hmm. uh, we get very, I'm proud to say, we get very few complaints. Awesome. But we About got complaints what? last week. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, just, where's Gans? Where's oh, no. <laughs> so sorry, everybody. I know. It's like I didn't realize people followed our schedule so closely. He, he right is on. just not... The talk show guy. He's very busy on yeah. a regular basis. No, no, I get it. Listen, I, I have no problem. I was like, one Wednesday's as good as another, but at least a couple of listeners were like, um, excuse me. Yeah, where's the guy? Yeah. I took the day off work, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, Gans, I um, wanted to talk today about, uh, I guess maybe just kind of an overall mm-hmm. look at, uh, at mental health and Absolutely. and where we are and what to do and, and how to get there. And it's it's been amazing to watch, especially I would say over the past few years about Mm -hmm. how the conversation around mental health is happening and how it's changing. Oh yeah, it's it's so encouraging to see because, you know, I I really remember starting off my career and it was such a taboo subject, right? I mean, the only places really when I was starting that people even thought about this stuff was maybe California and New York. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Those are people in those places you're kind of off if you don't and have a therapist. And then it was kind of hippy-dippy right, stuff. Right, right, right. It was kind of new agey. <laughs> it's like, what are they going to do? Are they going to poke you with prongs, right? <laughs> it's like, people don't know what well, we do, might. right? Well, it depends on who you get. All right, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm so happy that now people are actually talking about it. And especially, um, you know, unfortunately, it started with the, the harsher cases, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of talk about post-traumatic stress disorder and, you know, like suicidal and, and ideation and those sorts of things it's we definitely got to talk about that but there's a whole spectrum of things that people can get help for things like family issues parenting um, work stress is very very popular Um, you know all sorts of different things and I think those conversations also need to happen because it's far better to get help before you're bleeding from the eyes for sure, but let me, uh, while we're here, mm-hmm. because I've wanted to ask you this forever. All right. So what you just said, absolutely true, can't disagree with it. So mm-hmm. it used to be we didn't talk about mental health. Right. Now we talk about mental health, which mm-hmm. is great, mm-hmm. because hopefully we're helping people understand that they're not alone and mm-hmm. that they should seek help. But I feel in some ways we're back to not being able to talk about mental health, because if you suggest that someone's behavior implies that they have a mental health problem, it's mm-hmm. like, it's almost like using, uh, you know, just a bad, you know what I mean? Like it sounds yeah. like, you got to be real careful before you say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's yeah. a man, because I'm not a professional, <laughs> right? I think people right. in this PC world are 
getting back to being worried about whether or not they can just throw it out there that that's a mental health problem. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, I, you know, I, th- I think the term mental health is a little bit problematic because of that. There's got some some kind of weird vibes around it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and mental health problems, because, you, you know, we can, mental health problems can mean anything from schizophrenia to mm-hmm. panic attacks or phobias or, you know, anxiety going to work or social anxiety or all these things. are It's a huge catch-all sort of category. And I agree with you, Andrew. I think that there's, you know, we, we've got to be kind of careful because, well, especially in a workplace, if you throw that out, oh, and yeah. depending on who you are in the pecking order, it can be very helpful or be very problematic for people. The, the Psychologist Association, my association, the Psychologist Association of Alberta, we prefer the term psychological well-being. That's, mm. that's uh, it seems softer. It seems kinder. And really, that's what we're about. We're not about just fixing a problem, but ensuring that people have good psychological well-being or good well-being in their life overall, whether it's in their workplace, parenting, in their relationships, productivity, or just sort of being their best and living their best life. That's what we're really all about as psychologists. I know we wanted to get into um, looking at uh, different ways of, of looking at it and looking at different pr- providers and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I was just wondering, we just kind of like go this way just sure. for a second, because this time of year, you know, we've talked about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. We have an idea about that and, and, and the very different ways it manifests itself in different people, uh, you know, occupational stress injuries, mm-hmm. OSIs that they're calling it at. We're coming into that time um, with seasonal affective oh, disorder. And I just thought it important because as I sit down to put my makeup on in the morning, mm-hmm. I've got my light there. Awesome. And I, I, I know that I need to start using it again sometime mm-hmm. soon. I would uh, say already. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe just if you could talk a little bit about sure. that as we're going into this time of year when there's not as much daylight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting we talk about post, um, post-traumatic stress disorder as well because this is also the time of year as we're going into Remembrance Day and that mm-hmm. sort of thing as well. We're going to have, you know... Yeah. It, this time we think about our, our service people and, and what they've gone through, and not just service people, but also first responders as well, and just you know, people dealing with traumatic events. So there's that sort of that's in the air around this time, but for sure the seasonal affective disorder stuff is happening right now. We had a really crappy kind <laughs> of like whatever that was, like <laughs> fall, if that was it, we right? It's summer been, summer wasn't anything. Summer right wasn't great either, either, right? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was kind it of one day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the days that were kind of all right, we had a lot of haze. That's right. You know what I mean? So I, I think I think this particular year, I know I've been feeling it personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this particular year has been very difficult for a lot of people because of the amount of light. And I'll just kind of give you a quick kind of like summary of why this happens, right? So when we change seasons, the angle of the earth to the sun changes. And so we get a different, we, we cut out the blue uh, end of the spectrum, the light we get. And that blue end of the spectrum is what actually triggers serotonin production in our brains. And as serotonin is produced, we actually feel like a lift. We That's the happy chemical, right? And we feel we're able to focus better. It, serotonin then turns into melatonin at night, so then we actually get better sleep. So when we're not getting those blue, that blue part of the spectrum, and it, it, in enough 
volume and intensity, then we don't make as much serotonin, and mm-hmm. so we suffer the effects of that. So things like we can feel flat, we can like be really tired in the afternoon. Those are the, sort of the milder feel, um, symptoms. But there's also you know become far more emotional, more irritable. Um, you know, might feel worthless or symptoms of depression or anxiety. You know, more some of the more hardcore th- symptoms might show up. So what the what the uh, lights do, um, and I have used a Philips Go Light is the one that I use, and I've also seen a Happy Light that they sell at Costco. Haven't tried that one yet, so I can't speak about That's that the one. That's one we have. Okay. Yeah. And, now, and on your recommendation okay. to get one. Yeah. 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 And and have you found that it yep. it's helpful? Okay. Good. Yep. I haven't tried mine out. I bought one, but I haven't tried one out yet. But I I started using mine last month. Right, um, because I saw, I, I could feel what was happening with me, and I could sort of see the weather, and I looked at the weather network, and was like, okay, we're not gonna get some sun for a while, and I know that it's it's getting late in the season, so even when we do get sun, it's not gonna be the right wavelength either. How long should you use it for? Well, it depends on the model, and okay. it depends on the intensity. So, um, I, all the models that I've seen have you you can adjust the intensity of the light. So at the highest intensity, uh, well, I'll just talk about the, the Philips Go Light Blue. At the highest intensity, they say between 15 and 30 minutes okay. in the morning should be good to kind of oh, okay. give you, could be to, uh, to take care of you. They say you can also do like, you know, a little five minute little primer around one or two in the afternoon. You don't want to use your light in the evening because that will mm-hmm. wake you up a little too much <laughs> and throw yeah. your circadian like rhythm off. Learned that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why am I so awake? Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm tired, but I can't go to sleep. I'm yeah. happy. <laughs> okay. You know, the other thing about September, you mentioned right. like this time of year with summer ending and everything. Yeah. I feel like September is the Monday of the year. Absolutely. You, you know, yeah. because you think of January 1st as the beginning of the year, but in many ways, September is, it's the end of that glorious break. Freedom, yeah. Right. But it's all, and where you typically would have taken your vacation, right. so you were looking forward to that. It's going to be months before you do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids are going to school. Um, for us, you know, that's the beginning of a radio year, September yeah. mm-hmm. 1. Like, there's just a lot of stuff. A lot stuff. of wrapping up. Yeah. yeah. That, that either, you know, it just ended or is just beginning right. and you feel like you're resetting, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree. And kids are going back to school. There's a lot of intensity. People are just getting busier again. Yeah. We're catching up from vacation. So, yeah, it could, September could be a really tough month for a lot of people. All right. Can I ask you again another question just kind of because we touched on it and there's been a, a question um, coming in on the text line as well. And I had writ- written something down. Um, one of the things that I've started to see change I- again with the language mm-hmm. when it comes to post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. is the language around it um, has been moving towards things like post-traumatic stress injury mm-hmm. or post-traumatic growth. Okay. And I really like the idea and I'm hearing mm-hmm. that a lot more in the mm-hmm. military community is post-traumatic growth and mm-hmm. someone said to me the other day is like I I, I may have uh, suffered a traumatic experience mm-hmm. but I don't want to let it uh, I don't want to be a victim of it right. so I'm trying to turn it around and grow from it so Absolutely. they're trying and again language matters yep, it does well we think in t- we think in terms of words and there are all sorts of emotions that are connected to certain words we have like disorder is not a great word yeah. syndrome is what we tried out for a while post-traumatic stress syndrome Mm, that sounds worse. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I like post-traumatic growth. It's, it basically is not a, like a diagnosis or a category, yeah. but it, what it would be is like, you know, I had this thing that I went through and now I'm learning from it and I'm moving past yeah. it, which I think that's that's the whole point of connecting with a qualified health professional, mental health professional to help you do exactly that. Whether it's a huge individual trauma 
like say living through an earthquake or going to like combat or it's sort of the daily grind of of what we might think of as maybe and it's really hard to quantify trauma but like you know like a like an abusive parent or or whatever it might be you know what i mean um we don't think of that as you know it's not well your house didn't burn down yeah but every day my dad or mom said this or did this or whatever right those things are also can also create post-traumatic stress disorder So much there, isn't there? All right. So there are um, different ways of looking at uh, medical health when it comes to a treatment. Mm -hmm. If there's possibility of a cure, that word is a strong word. (laughs) We'll talk about that with Dr. Gantz when we come back. Gans parents joining us in studio this afternoon for another edition of How Does That Make You Feel? Um, talking about mental health and kind of in a bit of a, in a broad mm-hmm. realm. And yeah, wherever we go. You'd want to talk about diagnosis yeah, and what that means. Th- this is my question to you. Sure. So when we have a financial planner on the show, mm-hmm. they will tell us that everybody could use a financial planner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. But then when my kids ask me... Uh, or I tell my kids, you know, you guys should really look into a financial planner. At this age, mm-hmm. it Absolutely. would do so Early much for better. you. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> and then they go, great, who? And I go, God, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't, I, right. I couldn't even tell you the company I think you should go to. Right? right. So with people, I mean, first of all, can everyone benefit from a little counseling? And Yes. Okay. Well, okay. So, so let me, let me qualify that. Okay. So there are some very fortunate people who may go through life and and childhood and get through school and not be get get through unscathed by <laughs> by sort of life right mm-hmm. but that's that's to me that's a minority right most of us i mean you talk to pretty much anybody and they could tell you about some struggles they had at some point in their life sure. right um, you know the stats are for example like people at seeking help from their medical doctor their physician over half of those people are dealing with some kind of emotional issue and not a physical issue, hmm. right? And this, this tells you something. There are more people dealing with, you know, even diagnosed mental health issues than there are dealing with cancer in this country. So there's a lot of people who are, you know, at that level where you can say, okay, well, this is a real serious issue, but there are many more who may not get to that level where they get, you know, what they call a clinical diagnosis, but they could use some help, right? They, you know, because if you, if you need five out of seven to get the diagnosis mm-hmm. and you have four, well, you don't have the diagnosis, but well, you're probably struggling a little bit, right? We self-diagnose on everything, right? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So you get yourself over to the clinic when a finger's dangling, sure. <laughs> right? right? So it's not that unusual to self-diagnose, right. but it's easy to see you've broken a bone. Right. It's hard to see when you need help. Well, and also, you know, the emotional stuff tends to be um, insidious, right? It's slow. It can, you know, it takes time. It's it's long. It's over a long period of time. So Plus sometimes you get used to it. Absolutely, that's exactly right. right. We we get that's used to normal. how we feel, right? Yeah. And the problem is, if everybody around you, which we know, you know, like attracts like. So you know, if you're kind of more on the depressed side, you're going to kind of attract more depressed people around you and that sort of thing. So everybody around you is feeling this way. Well, it's just normal. Everybody's feeling this way. But normal does not mean healthy, as I've said lots of times when I'm here. So there. There are three ways that I like to look at the the you know 
let's call it mental health or psychological support. Okay. okay. There's 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 primary, tertiary, and secondary, or primary, secondary, tertiary. So tertiary would be that's the late stuff that's late stage stuff so that is cure we were looking at something somebody's got a problem we're going to go in we're going to help them get over their problem and get them better mm. okay so we diagnose them we kind of fix them right so that is definitely something you should do if you've got issues but then there's secondary and that is prevention so far easier on the person and far better use of resources to prevent a problem from happening or catch it really early than it is to wait till really late stage and then try to fix it after it's gotten entrenched. Okay. So that is something that we are really pushing as, you know, an association, a psychological association and lots of other mental health um, organizations are doing this too. But then there's also primary and that, that approach is basically, you know, the best defense is a good offense. If you're consistently working on building your life in a positive way, if you're looking at ways to expand your your experience of life, you're looking at ways to improve, be more productive, be a better husband or wife or, you know, better teammate or whatever, and you're growing and you're using the supports that are around you, you can still show up with an issue, but it's far less likely because you're, all your energy is going towards a positive type of experience. So that is primary intervention. And so a psychologist can do all three of those depending mm-hmm. on how they're trained and what their orientation is. And, and to me, just like you were saying, like everybody should go to a financial planner, I think everybody should connect with a psychologist or an other, other registered mental health professional because you know what? If I go and I connect and I, you know, it, it may take a little while for me to figure out whose personality I line up with, right? And once I know I've connected with this person when there's not an issue, if an issue does come up, first of all, I'm going to recognize it way faster. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going regularly, I'm going to catch it before it becomes an issue. But then I also feel comfortable. I've already got a, a relationship with this, this individual, so it's easier to go. I really recommend, and I've done this with my own kids, make sure that the kids have connected with a, just, just even visited a psychologist once or twice just to talk just to know that 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 help exists in the world i think the suspicion is or the fear i shouldn't mm-hmm. say suspicion is that even if you connected just once right that they're going to find something that wasn't there because they make money well, having you come back sure sure you know you can look at it that way right but you know Again, it depends on who you want to go to, right? Because first of all, you want to make sure that the person's orientation or their their way of looking at life and and treatment and that sort of thing is more proactive as opposed to more like reactive. It's like, okay, well, we're going to find something. Well, you got nothing wrong with you. Why are you here? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, or, yep. or we can find something, right? Yeah. But, you know, most, we're not like that. <laughs> we can talk about the ethics of the profession a little later. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but the idea is that if somebody has a more proactive orientation of looking at their, their clients, they're not going to mind that you come in and just kind of talk and see what's going on. It's like, yeah, you know what? You're good, but, you know, maybe check in another six months or check in in a year or Mm. whatever. But that way, you know you're connected with somebody. But, yeah, and we can talk about the the whole issue of diagnosis is a whole nother thing. (laughs) Let's do that right after the 3.30 news. (laughs) 
Okay, it's 3.38 as we head up to the 4 o'clock news on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Uh, Dr. Gans Ferentz joining us in studio. Of course, you can always find him at drgans.com, on Twitter at Dr. Gans Ferentz. Always lots of great stuff, uh, certainly on the website. And the book, I think, is... It's coming. It's coming, (laughs) all right. Um, Let's talk about diagnosis. I think one of the things that people might worry about and think, oh, you know, maybe I should go see someone Mm -hmm. is they're worried about getting slapped with a diagnosis that's sure. somehow going to, <laughs> right. you know, have, like have this big giant label on their forehead. Right, right. And everybody's going to know exactly. or everybody's going to see or right, whatever, it's the right? It's same. You, many people put off getting an annual physical mm-hmm. for fear the doctor might find something, mm-hmm. which is totally contrary to why you go for an annual physical. <laughs> right. You, you go to prevent something from right. being found. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or if you do find it, you find it early and deal with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stigma around a diagnosis and a lot of fear around diagnoses. Right. And, hmm. and, and again, you know, we talked, I, I mentioned sort of the ethics of our profession. We talk more about that later in the, in the segment here, but, um, our job is not to diagnose you. That's not what um, uh, a provider is trying to do. Uh, first of all, if we do find a diagnosis, if there's a necessity to have a diagnosis, it's usually to satisfy, like if there's a claim, like an insurance claim or whatever, and you have to put something on there. But really all a diagnosis is, is a shorthand way of describing a bunch of symptoms that tend to travel together. Okay. okay? So it's not an identity. Mm, it's I'm not, it's not who you are. Yeah. It's not the maximum that you'll be able to ever do in your life. It's a snapshot of the symptoms today that that is described that's been stuck together and that we recognize and that is shorthand for those of us in the industry to be able to talk about that instead of listing like four pages of things that are going on. So would the large percentage of people be then in your mind diagnosed as human? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they would be diagnosed as human. Yes, right. exactly. We have our weaknesses, exactly. we have our strength, our exactly. Foibles, yeah. and, and 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 to get a clinical diagnosis, there like we we use um, you know a manual, di- diagnostical and statistical manual DSM um, that has criteria for whatever. Let's say so depression, you got to have like five out of seven, or and I'm I'm just I'm not don't mm-hmm. quote me on that number, right? <laughs> but um, but you have to you have to have a certain number of uh, of, of these symptoms in order to get the clinical diagnosis. So, and that, and again, that's a very specific thing. So when people say, oh, I'm depressed or you're paranoid or this mm-hmm. person's got this, those are not, those are not actual diagnoses because mm-hmm. really these are just shorthand jargon really for people in the profession to talk to each other in a quick way. It's just more efficient than sitting down and having a conversation about what's happening with this individual. The other thing I would want to say about diagnoses though, because I've, I've used this, I've actually sometimes in my, in my uh, practice, I'll be sitting down with somebody to be talking to me about what's going on. I'll pull out the DSM and I'll say, listen, I just want to show you that, th- that you're not the only one. You're not alone. And I pull it out and I look and I'll list off the symptoms. Like, look, this, this happens so frequently. They actually codified it, put it in a book, and this <laughs> is a diagnosis for it. So in that way, a diagnosis can actually be very freeing for some people hmm. because they realize, oh, oh, I wasn't just imagining this. This is real. Okay, and this, and you know, and you know, people who go through this type of experience tend to have this type of problems with it after. Oh, okay. So it's really just a biological function that happens if you go through certain things in a certain mm-hmm. way. A certain percentage of people are going to have these kinds of reactions to You them. know, I thought you were going to go a different direction with that. Mm-hmm. 
I thought what you're going to say would be that it would be helpful to suggest somebody comes in and says, "Listen, I'm suffering from depression," and mm-hmm. you were going to say, "You don't actually meet the <laughs> conditions right. of depression." So that would might. I mean, for me, that would actually be good news, right? Like, so I'm... Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never thought about using it that way as well, but that, thank you for suggesting that. But that, that is another way to look at it. So you might not meet the clinical right. the clinical levels of depression now, but the experience of feeling depressed, sure. you know, I can't argue with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I don't care if you meet the criteria or not, we're still going to work on helping you have the best life you can have. What do we need to look for when we're looking for someone to go talk to? I was telling you during the break, been lucky enough to have yeah. gone to a couple of therapists that have, have clicked and it's worked really well. I know other people who, you know, you might you know, try some on before you, you, you buy well, it, but, yeah. but what do you need to look for? Well, okay, so there's a couple couple different ways of looking at it. Mm-hmm. One is like when you're looking for the actual individual you're going to talk to, you definitely want to make sure you have a good relationship with that individual. You want to make sure they feel safe, you feel safe in their presence you feel comfortable and you there's a sense of welcoming and not feeling judged by mm-hmm. the individual okay so that's that's sort of the personality um, uh, thing that you have to look for but realistically I think you also have to look for somebody who's a professional in the field so there's a lot of confusion around who are some of these players so there are three in Alberta there are three titles or three professions okay. that are registered health mental health professional registered health mental health professionals okay those are psychologists registered psychologists those are psychiatrists and registered clinical social workers okay those are the titles that are that we have a governing body so that that way if we're not acting ethically you can have a place Mm -hmm. to report it you have a place to complain to and we have to meet minimum standards of education of conduct as well as um you know training and experience not just in education but after after education in order to get those titles and we're regulated by the government so registered psychologist or a psychologist really um, psychiatrist or registered clinical social worker <laughs> every other like psychotherapist mental health counselor counselor life coach other kind of coaches uh, any of these other titles are not actually registered or protected okay. and so you c- anybody can call themselves any one of those things and you don't know I see all sorts of hmm. people calling themselves life coaches anymore, and I was I'm like, what? Well, yeah, and and you know, and listen, under that umbrella, mm-hmm. you may have a registered psychologist at yeah. a PhD level, yeah, or you may have somebody that decided I'm a life coach today, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, and well, that's I'm the, thinking about it. Well, there you go, <laughs> right? Because hey, I, I'm alive, I can yeah, do this, sure. right? <laughs> you know, so so you that that's the thing. You really have to ask for credentials. This is why you want a registered health professional because the government has said these guys are at least minimally safe, okay. whereas you don't have that with any of these other types. And then we have to take a break. The question I want to ask you when we come back, mm-hmm. though, um, is you said somebody you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Does that does that necessarily mean somebody who I think understands where I came from? They're my age, they're mm, my sex, uh, they're my ethnicity. Let's talk about that when we come back. Talk, we're running out of time once I know. again. Uh, how does that make you feel with Dr. Gantz Ferentz? And before the break, uh, I had asked you, um, 
whether or not when selecting a professional to uh, to see whether you need to find somebody who mm-hmm. you feel reflects you and right. your background experiences. Uh, so do you? No. <laughs> That's the All end. Right. Well, no, I also well, want... no, hang on. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Okay. So, no, I mean, sometimes it's helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's helpful to have somebody who kind of understands your background, especially like, you know, um, if you have, let's say, a refugee or somebody from a, a, a specific ethnic group, right? You you tend to understand sort of some of the cultures and some of the, the challenges, right? So it can be helpful to have somebody of a similar demogra- demographic, but it can also be very, very helpful to have somebody who's totally different mm. because then you get a different experience. Uh, one of the big things is sometimes women, um, women clients, have a hard time with male therapists, but sometimes it's a real blessing because um, they actually get to experience a male in a safe environment if th- if things have gone badly with other male female relationships. So it just depends, and so really, it's about how you feel with the individual. Does that person connect with you, and do they seem to understand the kind of things you want to work on? Mm, totally makes sense. I would never ask my buddies about. Uh what started the fight with my wife? I'd be more <laughs> inclined to ask you, Jay. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, I know. Yes, yeah. yes, I know. Um, what's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist? Right. So psychiatrists are medical doctors. They go through medical school, and then they finish their their training, and then they specialize in psychiatry. Okay. And so psychiatrists really tend to work in the area generally um, of uh, biological sources of stress or, or uh, mental illness. So they are good at diagnosing um, the heavier things okay, like yeah. schizophrenia, that yeah. sort of thing. Okay. And they do the, the drugs, the drug treatment. Mm-hmm. Whereas psychologists are trained in psychology and we usually, in Alberta, at least a master's level, usually at a PhD level. And we are trained in not just talk therapy, but you know, psychology is a broad, broad field. A lot of people, and again, I've seen it on the text line, is like, Dr. Gans just assumes that everyone mm-hmm. can afford to see somebody. Right. So it's, it, is, it is an issue. And this is something that our organization, the Psychologist Association, has brought up with the current government, the past government, the past government before that. We really want to increase access to psychological services for everybody because we know that it can be expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, for the, those of us in private practice, and that's the other thing I should mention about the folks that are registered, are like registered psychologists and registered clinical social workers and psychiatrists. Psychiatrists, if you go through the medical system, are covered by Alberta Healthcare. Um, registered social workers and registered psychologists tend to be uh, covered or reimbursed through insurance and uh, medical pr- health uh, programs through work, whereas the other professions or the other the, the other titles are not necessarily right. So um, many people if they've got even halfway decent benefits, they can at least get a couple sessions reimbursed through their insurance company. But to go to the psychiatrist, though, mm-hmm. do I have to be referred then to get yes. covered? Yes. Okay. So you need to be referred to the psychiatrist. You need to be referred by uh, your primary care physician, so okay. like a general P- GP, okay. whereas for the, the, the psychologist or the registered social worker, out. you just call, call call our office or whatever and set up an appointment. But if you're not that. referred and if you don't have insurance or benefits, now okay. what are we like? With. Yes, so there are a number of uh, agencies, and as well as people in prior practice, we were talking off air uh, about Moment- well yeah. about Momentum Walk-in uh, yeah. Counseling, which is a great organization. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, psychologists that are volunteering their time to uh, work at this clinic, and it's a sliding scale um, what you pay from like 
ten dollars to whatever. Yeah. So it's it's really something else. Absolutely. There's there's a, a number of different places like that around the province. Yeah, and we, we yeah, and there there are places in Calgary, Edmonton, mm-hmm. Red Deer, different places like that. The Psychologist Association of Alberta as well. You can call them, go on their website, um, and they they also have a referral service where they can actually connect you with agencies or people who also have a sliding scale uh, but but you know we really are working to increase the access because there we have enough psychologists we just don't have enough um, access for people especially if they don't have the money or they don't have coverage or whatever to be able to get get to, to see somebody so so when do we go when do we yeah. make the call the sooner the better right uh, anxiety sex listen, drive moody if you're not tired. feeling your best okay. if you want to improve how you function and feel or how your relationships go if you want to do better at work like we were saying at the top of the show uh, a good offense is the best defense <laughs> so you know work on building your life up but if you're having any of these problems if you're struggling with something don't wait don't think it's going to go away don't yeah, i mean <laughs> You can suffer through it and you can prove how tough you are, but why suffer unnecessarily? Why not use that energy mm-hmm. to create something better for yourself and mm-hmm. the people you're connected with? And, are, are we out of time? And Go. we, you know, do this with some help. Dance. Yes. 30 seconds or less. Okay. If you have all the answers, <laughs> why are you going to see somebody? Why can't you heal yourself? First of all, I don't have all the answers, <laughs> but it's like doing brain surgery on yourself. <laughs> I could be the best brain surgeon in the world, but I don't have the perspective into my own brain because I'm in it to be able to fix it. So I, I've gone to a psychologist for the last 28 years. I will continue until I die because I want to continue to do better and grow as a person. Nice. They, sorry, and one more. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about you know, self-awareness, practicing mm-hmm. self-awareness. And I know that this is something that you're... Uh, the, the therapist that you go to mm-hmm. um, very much um, supports, and I know that you do as well, like Absolutely. journal writing. I write in a journal a few times a week. I try to do it every day because it gives me insight. I can mm-hmm. see what's coming out of my head <laughs> when I'm writing it out, and I can see, oh, this is what's going on, and this is what's happening here. But self-awareness, either journaling or talking to a psychologist on a regular basis, or you know, I use a, a one to ten kind of quick check-in with myself, ten yeah. being the high. When you're self-aware, you can catch problems a lot sooner, and you tend to avoid problems because you know typically what works for you to help you feel good. You do more of that and do less of the stuff that makes you feel bad, you're probably going to be okay. Dr. Gans Ferentz joining us in studio again. DrGans.com is the website. You can follow him on Twitter as well, and we'll we'll wait on the book. (laughs) Thanks again. We'll see you at the end of the month. Bye-bye. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.